Hello, Kratom Kickers. My name is Charlie, and welcome to episode two. As promised, we have our first guest today, Elliot, who will celebrate 12 months clean in June 2023, just next month. After the interview, I have several Kratom in the headlines to share, as well as a couple of resources of the week. Before we get started, here are some things to note. First, personally, I'm at day 45 in my Kratom quit, and my physical symptoms seem to be mostly gone. The first 10 days were the hardest, and insomnia and GI issues were the most challenging. When I say GI, essentially don't trust a fart in those early days of getting off Kratom. Today, six weeks plus in, the real battle seems to be mental. Even though I'm doing a lot of recovery work and started this Kratom Abstinence podcast, on several occasions over the last couple days, my addled brain produced thoughts such as, just one would take the edge off, or it wasn't as bad as I made it out to be. Pure lunacy, just craziness. The substance gets its hooks in you and distorts rational thought. Reminds me of the 12-step parable of the chronic jaywalker, who keeps jaywalking despite multiple broken bones and other consequences for not using the sidewalk at the crosswalk. Now, I don't want to be the Kratom jaywalker who gets flattened by the semi-truck. Next, please excuse the sound issues in the first several episodes. Last week, I had trouble pronouncing a bunch of words, easy ones like puked and message, though I'll forgive myself for murdering pernicious. You know, the word harmful would have just been just as good. (laughs) I'm working on my audio editing skills, eliminating dead air and other ear pain, but it will take a while to work out the kinks. Also, in the interview this week, I had the mic too far away from me, an important lesson I fixed in the intro and outro segments of this episode. And last, if you listen carefully, last week, my cat was playing with a squeaky toy in the background, and this week, my neighbor's car alarm was going off at one point. Please take this as my amateur bona fides. Last, this podcast does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a professional before taking any supplements or to manage a difficult detox from Kratom. Our guest this week mentioned several over-the-counter products to ease withdrawals. Please research the pros and cons of each of these before taking them and always use the lowest dose and for as few days as possible. Now for my talk with Elliot. Greetings. I'm very excited to welcome the very first guest to the Kratom Sobriety Podcast, Elliot. I met him uh, sort of on the deep depths of the internet where sometimes mischief is to take place at a Discord server, but one dedicated to uh, quitting Kratom. And Elliot was sort of a mentor to me, uh, especially like in February when I first got there, I think for a couple weeks there, every other day was my first day. And then sometimes I'd make it through a day or two. And then sometimes by noon, I delete my post and, and then Elliot would DM me and he's like, what's going on, dude. So, and a little bit after that, um, we were comparing some dates. And at some point I said something about the mid nineties. And then that's when I discovered that he was, 
<laughs> Maybe I was twice his age. So, um, so welcome, uh, Elliot. Please uh, introduce yourself. Hey, Charlie. So I'm Elliot, a 25 year old guy. Um, as in regards to to uh, what I do and who I am, uh, pretty blue collar guy. But I didn't see myself starting that way when I right out of school. I was an insurance agent for two years, so kind of a white collar background. So I do have a little bit of, bit of experience talking on the phone and being not completely socially awkward. So <laughs> I apologize if I uh, stammer. It's been a while since I've been in any type of a uh, you know, social where social grace was was super needed. But um, been a uh, been in the I guess you'd say construction industry for about five years. I was a surveyor and a general contractor uh, until more recently, um, end of twenty twenty one. I moved to North Dakota and now I work in the oil field. So roughneck. But uh, I'm married. I have a beautiful three year old daughter and a beautiful wife. Um, I was first introduced to Kratom or first heard about Kratom, I think in a way that many of us were, um, I ran across it at a gas station. Uh, it was the bottle, uh, it, it was called Vicazen. It was a Kratom extract and it probably had about 30 or 40 grams of metragenine in there. And, um, I drank it. If any of you are in Virginia, it was at the quickie there at the end of Kemper Street in Lynchburg. And it was on an empty stomach. I hadn't eaten all day. We drove about five miles down to the sheets. My wife wanted a hot dog. And uh, getting out of the car, uh, I experienced the very first time what Kratom was about. And um, yeah, felt it in its full and in its glory. And uh, that kind of started the... They, they kind of started the cycle. Um, I went back to that store about a week later, uh, bought about four more of them, used them during the weekends. Uh, that became every other day, which became every day, which became multiple times a day, which became about every three hours. I was using, uh, now quit buy, I quit the, the shots of extract and just started buying the straight powder and I was taking a handful of capsules culminating in probably 20 to 30 grams a day at the, at the, uh, peak. So about, uh, 15 or so half gram capsules three or four times a day. So. Yeah. That increasing pattern of, you know, going from every other week to once a week to every other day to once a day and then multiple times a day. I could totally relate to that. Did you have uh, any history of struggling with other substances before you were exposed to Kratom? Might be an outlier in all, uh, with the recovering world. I'm not unfamiliar with substances. I've had several uh, family and friends uh, struggle with substance abuse, let's say mainly alcohol. But um, no, prior to this, I have never, and still to this day, which is kind of strange, um, I have never done any illicit substance. I've never used, I've never even used marijuana, but. Um, yeah, I think the, the profile of somebody that's um, at high risk to be a problematic Kratom user usually is two things. One, they have a history maybe with alcoholism or um, other drugs. And two, often they're um, extract users because there's a higher potency there. But I, um, I don't, 
I think there's a lot of evidence, at least anecdotally, that that's not always the case. And that's no. not necessarily even an out. I've heard of many uh, recovering addicts from harder drugs, street drugs, uh, will start to use Kratom as a way to get sober off the street drugs. And, um, and it ends up being a bigger dragon that they invited that they in intended to. Uh, some see it as a savior because mainly because you can pass a drug test. As as of now, many companies do not test specifically for kratom, so it's kind of, it's kind of a way to to um, I guess assist in their in their taper and detox, which is you know in harm reduction. And I do believe in harm reduction, and I do believe that you know obviously taking a kratom would be less uh, damaging to your health than say intravenous heroin use. But uh, it wasn't the case for me. I was just a, uh, I was a blue collar guy uh, and just kind of stumbled across it by accident. And uh, once I felt the effects of it, which is, which are, you know, from what I've read, pretty universal. We all know what Kratom does, um, you know, potent, potent uh, gabnogenic, uh, which, you know, basically gives you good, a, a relaxed feeling across your body. Um uh, it works as an opioid, so you know, no pain reduces your pain, and um, with all those, with all those feelings, and with all that, the effect, um, you get it. It has all the. If somebody has the personality for it, and I would go, I would go as far to say, just you, just basic human nature. If you, if you live in a state where you're relaxed and pain free, which I was when I was taking kratom, your body craves that, and your body, you know, you desire that regardless of how you know. Whether whether or not you've had a whether or not you've had a past with addiction or not, your body will crave that, and the more you take it, the more dependent you become on it. And uh, I think that's what that was the the main kicker to me. But so, yes, the question yeah. to answer your question: Did I have a history? No, but about halfway through my kratom use, I was as I was as uh, enslaved to that substance as I as as just about any as just about any addict to. So kratom, depending on the amount of the, the amount that you take, at least this is, was personal experience for me. The amount that you took depended would would give you either a stimulating effect or a or a depressant effect. Like if you took a whole lot, it acted as kind of like a a downer. But if you took you know a moderate dose, you'd have a burst of energy which faded into a you know into a sedative. But uh, it, it's a very it's a very uh, very powerful, very powerful drug because it, it starts, it starts out as, um, as this burst of energy when you take it, you know, that lightning of your mood that, that, you know, it's like a mega dose of coffee mixed with a painkiller, kind of like a weird, like, kind of like a speedball or goofball, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, it, it, an amphetamine or, or cocaine mixed with heroin or fentanyl or, or other opioid. It's not a, it's, it's, it has that, it has all the characteristics of that. It gives, gives you that that feeling of calm alertness plus the an the analgesic effect of no pain which is very 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 addictive very addictive yes exactly and probably mo the majority of the audience um are probably um current or former kratom users so they they probably don't need to be sold on it in any way. How, when did it start um, becoming a problem? For oh, uh, this was halfway through 2021. Uh, yeah, started use November, uh, November of 2020. And this was halfway through 2021. And uh, 
towards September. And uh, I had I usually went to work and carried um, a bo- little thing of capsules in my pocket. And um, I remember the day that I didn't take any. Uh, I didn't take any to work. I forgot it. I think I woke up late and uh, went to work. And by noon, man, I was out of shape. I was just bent out of shape. Everything was going wrong. I didn't really think about it as much like I was missing, like I missed my dose. It wasn't forefront or center in my mind. But that day, especially towards the end of the day, I was, you know, cold sweating, just all your typical uh, early stage withdrawal. And uh, and I realized, I was, I was like, what is wrong with me? Am I getting sick? Am I, you know, I was, I was very irritable as well. And um, when I came home, I took the Kratom and it all went away. And that's when I had realized that, that's when I first realized, hey, I'm, this is going to be a problem. I am taking, you know, and, and I didn't want to believe that at the very first, you know, because I had only been using it for six or seven months at the time. And uh, I didn't want to believe that because, you know, my body was, my mind was selling me on every, every lie that I'm sure everybody has heard about Kratom, you know, like, oh, it's just coffee or, oh, it's, you know, it does, has all these good effects for me. It can't be dangerous. It's just a plant or in basically anything that we say to each other. My mind was giving me those same excuses, but, uh, I knew down deep down that, uh, that it was going to be a problem. So I wanted to quit then. I'd say that's when I started. That's when I figured out that I needed to. So what happened next? Uh, in September of that year, 2021, uh, I did quit. Uh, I stopped taking the, I stopped taking Kratom entirely and, um, I experienced, uh, mild insomnia, I would say fever, dreamish sleep, but, uh, for about four days, wasn't able to sleep very well. And, um, I quit, I wasn't taking anymore. And I started to feel, you know, most of the major physical symptoms of withdrawal go away. And, um, I started thinking to myself, maybe I wasn't, maybe I psyched myself out. Maybe it wasn't as difficult as yeah. I thought it would be. So, um, after about a week of general boredom, and general, just, you know, like, oh, what the heck, you know, I mean, I felt so good on it. And this is a small price to pay. I started taking again. And I was like, oh, I get I told myself the, the age old lie, you know, oh, I only use on the weekends. Or, oh, I only use on special occasions to kind of make the vacation better to make something. I think we went to the beach that September and um, started using again. And um, within a month, within a month, I was back to using five, six, seven, eight times a day. Uh, this continued on until in, in through that end of that year and into June of 2022. And, um, at this point, well, we were going to, uh, we were going through some things. Um, me and my wife were going through some things and, uh, I knew that I that I had to quit and that it was, you know, because it, it made me into somebody that I didn't want to be. Uh, made me very emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. It satisfied the need for. Um, it made me content with a situation I would not have been content with sober, and I think that's I think many anybody that can relate to you know with that has any sort of issue with substance abuse can understand that uh, it, it uh, may be content with a situation that I was not content with, and uh, I knew I needed to quit. A a. Uh, June 17th is when I started a massive taper. I was taking probably 30 grams a day 
and uh, I cut it to two grams. So four capsules, two in the day, two in the morning when I woke up and two in the evening. Um, I experienced withdrawal symptoms that I hadn't ever experienced before, mainly massive mental anguish. Uh, I was just a bag of nerves. I was just, uh, you know, on top of all the, you know, cramps, cold sweats and physical back, lower back pain and just pain generally. I was just a bag of nerves. And uh, I just went through and I didn't tell my wife at the time that I was going to be quitting. So I, I uh, on June 22nd at about 2.30 in the morning, I have not slept a wink and I'd worked all the day before, probably about a 14 hour day. Rolling around in bed, um, I took two capsules of, of white Mangda uh, Kratom in the little bottle just to get two hours of sleep because I need to be up at 4.30 that morning and um, fell asleep. And I woke up and went to work the next day. That was a Friday, I want to say, and uh, went to work and uh, I was, you know, just generally all out of sorts. Everybody came up where we could see something was wrong with me, see that I had a lot on my mind. And they knew that I was going through some stuff. But um, I went home that evening and I told my wife, I said, hey, I need to quit this. I'm going to be a wreck if I stop. If I go cold turkey, I'm going to be a wreck. And I was already experiencing withdrawal symptoms five times worse than my first quit. And uh, and that's that's wow. the that's the reality. And if you look, I'm sure... People that have quit Kratom before, I mean, like serial quitters, they will tell you that this is, you know, the people that I talked to, my mentors on quitting Kratom had the exact same experience. The, every successive quit gets harder. And it is, that's not to, that shouldn't dissuade you from attempting to quit, but it is the price that you pay for going back. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a rebound. It's a, they, I think the technical word for it is rebounding. And, uh, it is very, it is very, it was very difficult for me. And that, that evening I told my wife, I said, look, I'm, I'm going to be a wreck. And, uh, she said, I'll be with you, you know, through, through it thick and thin. And, uh, I'll give, I'll support you. However, I don't know exactly what to do, but I'll support you however I can. June 22nd at two 30 was the last time I ever took Kratom of 2022. The next week I would say was the hardest week of one of the hardest weeks of my life. Um, just everything was amplified. I felt like the world was simultaneously ending and uh, just the world was crashing around me. I pretty much couldn't get out of bed. I called my boss and said I had to take the week off and uh, it, I felt terrible. I, I had massive ma world ending anxiety, anxiety I'd never felt be quite felt before. And um, I've had, a, I've had some stuff happen in my lifetime my uh my brother took his life uh eight, two years prior to that and uh that was a very very strong emo you know em emotional turmoil but i would not say purely for emotional turmoil it did not compare to what that first week was like and i didn't have necessarily anything wrong with my life at the time other than aside them my marriage had been my marriage was in bad shape because I had neglected it. And, um, but you know, nobody was dying. Nothing was happening. It's just, I was, I felt like the world was ending. And the Mali's was really strong. And then, uh, yeah. And at, and at times it's sort of like, almost like a real sense of doom. And, and, and yeah, before we get too far along, sorry about your brother. And that's a, a major loss. Um, uh, 
so but um what did uh you do with the with the with the withdrawals was there anything you could do to help um ease okay those? so um when i couldn't sleep as if as in like you know i didn't expect to sleep because i didn't sleep the first time that i had quit so uh after about two days of like complete total sleeplessness thrashing around in the bed what I discovered was if you take a really hot shower, like if it gets unbearable, like you just say, I can't take it anymore. And you and I didn't have any Kratom. I threw I threw my uh, Kratom away and at the beginning of this. And uh, I said, um, I was like, if it, I can't get, you know, if it got to the point where like I got to go to the store and get something, man, I can't do, you know, if it got to that point. What I would do is I'd turn the shower up as hot as I could stand it, stay in there for as long as I could stand it, and then get out, like turn it to cold at the very end or turn it to lukewarm at the very end, and then get back into the bed. And that gave me about five minutes of temporary relief. Um, funny, funnily enough, yeah, mentally and physically, it, it relaxed me and, and just calmed me down. Um, that combination of hot and cold and uh but I yeah. started, I ordered all the supplements and I'm sure anybody who's looked into Kratom knows all about it. You know, uh, mainly the vitamin C, uh, mega dosing. I did that. Um, I did the black seed oil. I did, uh, magnesium, um, usually in the form of citrate or glycinate. I did the, uh, I got dopamucina, which is mucina purins. It's a extract of the velvet bean. And what that in, what ha, that has is uh, levodopa or L-dopa. Uh, it's the pre immediate precursor to dopamine, which uh, is the one of the made major neurotransmitters that kratom uh, targets. And uh, I would strongly advise people to do research into this and ask medical professionals about what exactly you know what the risk of taking these types of uh, supplements are. Uh, I would not rely on any uh, on uh, levodopa or uh, dopamucina in specific because it messed with the neurotransmitter. And, and I, I came to realize something about this time too. Everything that you do has a price to it. There is no free good feeling. If you're not doing something that your body's naturally excreting a, a neurotransmitter such as uh, dopamine or serotonin, if your body's not naturally putting that out, and even in some cases, things that your body does excrete or your, your dopamine trans neurotransmitters are firing more often. Like, you know, for some people it's gaming, for some people it's having sex, for some people it's, you know, whatever your vices that you do gambling, those two can become addiction. So when you're dealing with things that spur that uh, neurotransmitter and uh, biological loop into action, you're really, you really, really got to be careful. And you sure is, is all get out better not best not be taking something that artificially gives that feeling to you or you know it, that is the that is the addiction makeup i strongly advise uh caution with the dopamucana in particular but um i took all the supplements the only thing that really would and, and in the mornings the first thing i do after i would half semi wake up i would go and run around the house just run and i felt like the world was ending i didn't want to move i was miserable sitting down i was miserable laying down i was totally restless but totally out of energy at the same time you know typical withdrawal and i'd run around and uh, on the seventh day 
I'd say, well, really the eighth day, because it was the full seventh. And then the following sat Saturday after that Friday, um, I it's like 80% of the mental aspect broke for me. It just broke. It just went away, like, um, or significantly reduced on the seventh day. Um, to the 21st day, I felt very, I felt t in terrible state uh, physically, unable to get comfortable, legs flailing everywhere, uh, you know, heart rate weird, uh, cold sweats, very, very bad uh, insomnia, like couldn't sleep, couldn't get comfortable. And this continued to about day 30, I would say. And then that's at the point I started, I, uh, I took dopamucina for two days. Uh, two capsules of the now brand on Amazon. It's like 12 bucks for a 60 count bottle. And I took two. And the day that I took two of them, it's like my withdrawal went away. And uh, that's, that's what really scared me from, from taking it again. And I did a lot of research into it. And most of the people that I knew that had took it give the same standard warnings, you know, don't take it more than four days in a row. Don't start mega dosing it. Don't let it become your new kratom, you know, and uh, so that's why I put such a strong word of caution on it. But it but it did help the day that I took it. Um, and the withdrawals came back after about, you know, you know, 12, about 24 hours, I would say. And uh, so I continued gradually taking less and less supplements, kind of falling out with them because life was taking back over. We had just started. To, we were in the moving process. and. Uh, we, uh, I started about day 45, I started sleeping through the night again and, um, restlessly, you know, I would be very uncomfortable when I fell asleep, but I, I would be able to get some sleep. And then from day 90, from day 45 to about day 90 or day a hundred, I felt as if it would never end. Like this was my new like, I'm not sure how much of my, I wasn't sure how much of my feeling was withdrawal anymore and how much of my feeling was just day-to-day -day aches and pains. Like, I mean, damn, I was like 20, I was 23 to 25. And did I really get that old and that creaky? Did all my bones start aching for some reason? <laughs> but uh, no, no, it, it, it didn't. After about from day 100 to about day 200, I would say incrementally, day by day, it got better like, like maybe a 1% better a day. And then that lasted to about day 100. And then really from about day 250 to day 300 where I am now, um, like I'm think I'm day 312 today. Uh, I, I, I feel about how I did beforehand. And, uh, that took about 200 days to really accomplish. And a lot, there's a lot of misinformation about Kratom about, you know, a timeline of like three days for withdrawal and, you know, it'll be at once it's out of your system. Literally, as soon as metragenine is eliminated from your bloodstream, suddenly your withdrawal goes away. And that's totally not true. That's totally not true. All Kratom can be gone from your body, but your psychological and physiological uh, calibration, your way your body is calibrated expects Kratom and it expects that feeling and it expects the surge of neurotransmitters that it gives off and it doesn't get it in your body. Your body has a wonderful ability to return to uh, homeostasis. It's called homeostasis. It basically means a baseline, return to baseline. That's a great news for uh, recovering addicts because it means no matter how much you've abused 
uh, whatever drug it is, eventually your body will return to its baseline. It may take a very long time, but it will. Uh, unfortunately, that's true in the reverse. If you start using a lot of drugs, your body will accustom itself to that and return even your the heights of your drug use as its normal baseline. And you will feel literally when you're high about the same as you would normally sober. But you, know, you needed just not to feel yeah, sick, yeah. pretty much. And what you, which Kratom was towards the end, it was, I was literally taking it so I wouldn't go into withdrawal. I couldn't really tell you a tangible, uh, I couldn't give you a tangible benefit to taking it. it you know, it exactly. just basically just made the day go, made, the, made me not have a miserable day, which is terrible. It's a terrible, terrible thing, terrible way to think about it and a terrible uh, reality. But, um, but it's true. And uh, so, I returned to baseline and, and now, and, and so as far as I am now, day 312, I feel like, uh, if I really feel or concentrate on it, I could feel a slight uneasiness in my lower, in my legs right now and lower back. But it's, it's like, you know, I've been awake since 3.30 this morning. So, and I've, you know, I mean, working the oil field. So I've done a lot of moving today. And a lot of that is just like fatigue. So I feel, I feel pretty, I feel pretty confident that I'm back to normal. So. Great. And um, did you seek out or find any other types of support beyond the supplements? Like, did you go to a 12 step program or church? Or uh, church. I, I, I like went that? to church and um, I had a, a wonderful uh, support group. A lot of people, a lot of people praying for me, the family that was, uh, they were great. And I can't really, I'd say that that was my why when you, and I think the the first question or the biggest question somebody has to ask themselves when they ha make the decision to get sober, they have to reach a certain level and a certain amount of understanding that they are not okay. Number one, they have a problem. I mean, every I mean, most people, even the people that aren't familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous, know what the first step is. You know, they know your life has become unmanageable, and you have to admit that, and you have to know that. Because as long as you're not, as long as you're making this, you know, excuses or saying that you can manage it and you don't admit that you have a problem, you're not going to seek help and you're not going to want to go through the other, you know, steps. It, it takes a certain amount of hitting rock bottom to really make the decision to get sober, you know, and not chase the dragon anymore. And um, I came to, I had a, I had a, a uh, conviction uh, spirit. I mean, I knew, I knew that the way that I was living not only was unmanageable, but it was, un, it was ungodly. It was, it was wrong in every way that I could measure it. Everything that I knew about what I should be doing, it was not it, the way that I was living. Uh, and, and it had become unmanageable in the worst way. And, uh, I was at that point where I knew, I knew that I needed to do it. And I had reached a point in, uh, in use and in despair and in uh, personal conflict and and uh, mar in my marriage and everything about the situation, I knew I'd hit a point of no return. Really, I knew I'd hit a, a critical point where I'm at. I'm at rock bottom. This is unmanageable. I have got. I can't. I cannot be here. I have to do better. And um, my prayer, honestly, was at that point was just God take me. You know, help me because I save me because I can't save myself from this. And I would say that that was, uh, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't seek any organized, uh, you said, uh, like church in particular, um, it was. Or 12 steps. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's other programs like smart recovery. No, no. Or, uh, you know, what I did, like my main support, honestly, with, with different people with, uh, Kratom specifically that knew what, what it was, was the quitting Kratom subreddit. And, um, when I joined that, I had a few people talk me through, cause I was there day one, you know, I was like, you know, we all have cell phones and we all know what Reddit is. And, um, we just Google, I just Googled it and, uh, I came across that. And I ran across a couple people, mentors, uh, that really walked me through what to expect. And, um, uh, if anybody's familiar with quitting Kratom, um, Ona was one of the, uh, people that helped me. I think it was Ona 12 to seven. I want to say that's the username, but it was just, I just called her Ona. And um, another uh, user, vet, veterinarian entire 88 was the other user. And those two people helped me with the ins and outs of what to expect, what to, because I was like, I think there's something wrong with me. I quit Kratom 20 days ago, but I feel terrible and I should be over withdrawal now. Am I permanently screwed up? Did I do something? They're like, no, 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 no. Just calm down. You know, this is what I was went through. This is normal, you know. And uh, they really helped me, really bring me to the other side of it. But, um, but yeah, and, and I have a lot. I had a lot yeah. of. I have my family, my wife particularly, uh, praying for me and and uh, just just help just helping me. I think it's important not to have to do it alone, uh, whether it's online yeah. support or family support or other institutions yeah. in the community. Um, what is your best advice for someone getting ready to quit kratom? My best advice for them, find out the reason that you're doing it. If the reason's for money or simply that you can't afford it, that's not saying that's a bad reason, but is it a reason that will keep you sober when you're over the withdrawal? Is it a reason that will keep you sober? Is it a strong enough reason to help you through the worst moments or the worst times? Like, is it going to keep you from dosing at, at 4 a.m. in the morning when you haven't slept on your seventh day or eighth day? Is that reason going to be strong enough to fall back to? Or is it something, are you doing it for a tolerance break or are you doing it to stay sober? And I know a lot of people have taken tolerance breaks. I know that's a big thing in the Kratom community and a lot of people quit Kratom because of financial reasons, but the best piece of advice I'd say is number one, really dig deep and, and examine your life and examine the way that you're, that you're living in regards to Kratom and taking Kratom and ask yourself, is this, is this really what you want? Because Kratom use and any drug use long-term is unsustainable. There's two places drug use, and and this is the this is kind of the warped thing because we all know this in the back of our mind. But there's two places that uh, uncontrolled drug use, chasing the dragon, so to say, to use that terminology, takes you. It takes you towards your eventual, increasingly more and more brutal quit when you drop it, or you die. Because there is no, if you continue to use and continue to ramp up your use and to man, you know, to, to chase that dragon, so to say, you will die. That behavior kills you. 
at least for Kratom, it's a very new phenomenon, relatively new in the United States, at least with the extracts and the people taking massive, massive doses. And yes, yeah. I, under, I understand yeah. that people have chewed the leaves, you know, for millennia, but nobody, people aren't taking uh, close to a kilogram every other day of this stuff, you know, day in, day out and living long, you know, we don't know what this, what the long-term repercussions of this so alcohol same same deal drug illicit drugs same deal every time you use and every time that you the more and more that you chase that high and that you continue with that, that lifestyle the closer you get to one of those two outcomes because you're eventually either going to have to quit it when the constipation the uh hair loss the uh kidney failure the uh, all your main issues that heavy kratom use brings you you know no, i'll talk about that if you want to know gets to the nitty gritty what constipation did i'm 20 i'll just say it this way i'm 25 and i have hemorrhoids that i'll have for the rest of my life entirely due to kratom entirely due to kratom that's a serious very serious very serious oh. consequence and anybody who has used you know not only kratom but op opioids any type of opioid uh, will tell you about what it what that does to you and uh yeah it's not fun not yeah. fun you don't take care of yourself. You don't, you know, you just quit brushing your teeth every day. Uh, just, you know, you don't feel like you need a shower. You don't feel, you know, you just go downhill. And I'm sure any, many of you, will, you know, can sympathize with that or understand that, how that makes you feel. It makes you okay with a way that you're, you wouldn't be okay with if you weren't on it. You just, you know, it just, it's not good. But um, I'd say that's the best, that's the best advice I can give somebody. Thank you. A couple more questions here before we wrap up. Uh, there's been some other uh, substances, um, drugs that you can get at gas station in the news lately. And it's not to like to promote them as another warning, because if you're the type of person like me, buy something like at a vape shop without researching it and uh, then getting hooked on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some other people might be similar. And I know you. You had just some exposure, maybe secondhand. Love to hear your thoughts on that. And, yeah. Uh, give our audience yeah. So a, a here are the major two. Well, there's three really that are being uh, around. I'm going to rate them in order of severity. Uh, Tianeptine, uh, sodium tianeptine, uh, phenobut, and kava or kava kava. It's called. Um, in terms of danger, tianeptine is probably the worst. Uh, Phenobit is a close second. Uh, Tianeptine is, a, uh, and, and it, for, you know, interestingly enough, Phenobit as well, were both synthesized in the 50s and 60s by Russian chemists, both regarding uh, anti-anxiety medication. Um, what uh, Phenobit is, is a gabapentinoid. It acts mainly on the GABA neurotransmitter. Uh, which is the main inhibitory neurotransmitter in your body. It tells you basically when to go to sleep, uh, gives you a relaxed feeling, that relaxed, calm feeling. And when mega-dosed, it can have like a stimulating effect. It makes you basically feel like on top of the... It's like taking a, a, a benzodiazepine in, uh, in a way, in maybe with a lot of coffee because of the way this, the way that the, uh, the phenobit is, is chemically arranged. But uh, if you want to know, and this is the quickest way for somebody to find out themselves, if you want to know about what a drug does with long-term use, we have this thing called Reddit, and there are great communities, the quitting yeah. communities. Go to quitting TNEPTINE, 
Read for 15 minutes. Set a timer. Read for 15 minutes. Read the stories of the people that are on that stuff. Talk to some, direct message somebody, call somebody who's struggling with that and talk to them. Same thing with Fenibit. Go to the Quitting Fenibit subreddit and read and talk to the people. And it, uh, the stories that you'll hear and the situations yeah. that these people are in, it'll blow, it'll, it'll really open your eyes as to what the, these are not benign, these are not benign substances. They're not nootropics or however they're marketed. They are every bit as dangerous and, and cold turkey off of high dose fenibit can kill you. It's, uh, gabapentinoids are the only, gab, gabinergenic drugs in general are the only drug class that I am aware of that will kill you, withdrawal will literally kill you. You know, benzodiazepines being a gabinergenic drug, alcohol being a gabinergenic drug. Both of those drugs will literally send you into seizure because your body does not have the neurotransmitter that calms you down. It says, hey, your body needs to stop or you're going to die. You know, you cannot, your body is so depleted in that system, the gabinergenic loop in your body is so depleted and jaded that it's unable to tell itself to stop. And if it's bad enough, you'll go into seizure and you'll die. You go into cardiac arrest. And it's it's very, very dangerous stuff. Gabinergenic drugs are so, are they're very dangerous. And that's why I strongly, strongly advise people who are self-medicating with, uh, with, uh, uh, gabapentin, for one, you'll see a lot of people that'll say, gabapentin, man, it clears those withdrawals right up. Yes, but do you want a gabapentin yeah. dependence? Do you want a Lyrica dependence or pregabalin dependence? Is that, is that what you want? Go to those subreddits. Go to Quitting Lyrica and read and listen and listen to the people that have been on Lyrica for 10 years or for five years or have or got a hold of their parents' prescription and have been snorting the pills and see how it's going for them. It's not going well. It's going very badly for them. Yeah. I think it is important to get that message out there while you're coming down to Kratom. It, it can be tempted to um, try some other things to ease your withdrawals. Um, and many can cause a bigger problem in a transfer yeah. addiction. If you're looking for something else to take recreationally, I mean, not only can you get those like at some of the, some of those items, uh, you know, at a, a vape shop or a gas station, you can buy it on the internet. Um, you want to avoid that 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 path as well as a as it, sort of as a replacement yes um after you get after you get clean from uh, kratom you don't want to uh, start on and then new something that's going to create a mess yeah in your life, so. ask yourself that question again ask yourself the question why am i doing this do i really want to do, to get off kratom at the expense of starting alcohol you know a lot of people have done that too uh do i want to make a decision for sobriety to be sober and and on i i do understand at the same time with uh harm reduction you know obviously we would rather you know like i know a lot of people that use thc uh recreationally as a way to fill that fill that uh that gap like, instead of reaching for kratom they'll reach for like a, a dispensary pen or something and um i'm not knocking those people if that works for those people that's fine um but for for myself, any other drug really that I would reach for that I would use would lead me back or the, the desire to use Kratom would come basically come back. If I used a drug, another, another, uh, like if I drank or if I, you know, if I did anything like that, I would feel like I wanted to use Kratom again. And, um, 
uh, nicotine. I never really drank, but nicotine was a was a very big trigger for me. I quit nicotine about the same time. So uh, if I would use nicotine, I would feel like uh, that desire to use kratom again. You know, that feeling that just the dopamine, the dopamine hit and you'd like be like, oh, man, if I could go a little higher, you know. So, yeah. And I just for the record, I also support harm reduction. If, if, if smoking a little bit of THC or is what needs yeah. to have them survive or to get off yeah. the harder stuff, you know, I'm not. There yeah, there's past, yes, you know, there's pure, but the goal uh, the goal is what I'm saying. Somebody that's wanting to attain sobriety, I can support uh, medical assisted tapering like suboxone, methadone, those types of and and harm reduction, while still saying that sobriety, sober living, is the goal and it is the best outcome. If you can, it is, it is the ideal that that we should that we should push for and that we should you know and we're not knocking i don't think it's knocking somebody that is harm reducing or tapering uh medical on a medical assisted taper or they have they're on suboxone or, or whatever it is that they're using uh to in to reduce their harm to themselves and to eventually get sober you can say you can say that sober living is the objective without knocking those people. I don't think that it's mutually exclusive. I, I think a lot, I think there is some misconception where people, um, and a lot of people, the, a lot of times the, the reason uh, people don't like 12-step programs or Alcoholics Anonymous is because it advocates for sobriety and they feel as if it is an attack against them because they are engaging in something that is not 100% sober. Now, why it might be like quitting alcohol, but you know, they're like they're California sober or what you know, any of those terms yes. that they they feel like it's an attack against them. And I really don't think it is. I, I think that it is, uh, you know, it's just one of the ways, one of the ways to get, and it works for some people, you know. Yeah. Well, th thanks a lot, Elliot. Be before we say goodbye, is there anything else you would like to add? Um, you know, maybe an answer to a question I didn't ask. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, looking to get some kind of uh, uh, confirmation of things, uh, number one, if you're especially if you're seeking to quit, you haven't messed up your body beyond repair. Uh, most everything that you're feeling right now, especially if you're in the early stages of withdrawal, withdrawal has been felt by someone. And we are here, the Discord community is here, the subreddit that we've mentioned are here. All you need to do is ask. And anybody that is on the recovery, anybody who's recovering or on that path is more than happy to help you. Because in helping others, we help ourselves. Uh, so rest your mind in the way that you're, you're not too far gone if you're you know, in withdrawal and it's lasting longer than you think it is. It's becoming unmanageable. Um, you're not too far gone. And it is... You know, it's entirely possible to quit and to get clean off of it. And reach out to the people that you have support. And now I understand not all of us have family or maybe our marriage isn't, you know, it isn't what it was or, or, you know, isn't, isn't, you know, just things didn't work out and we feel as if we've lost everything. But, um, you know, we haven't, if we're still alive, we still have something. There is a certainty of belief that, that that comes with this process that will teach you that it will teach you it. And if you go low enough, it will teach, it will teach you. There is a, a pathway to recovery and it, and I wish I, from the bottom of my heart, I do. I wish, uh, I wish all, 
anybody who hears this and everybody who's struggling with kratom that needs to get off um they would that they would uh that they would find it find it in themselves and that that they would uh recover because it is it is possible so i think it's a positive and uplifting note to end with and i appreciate it and uh exciting just next month you'll be celebrating year uh and uh, I have a, a custom Kratom free coin for you. I can't wait to send it off to you when you celebrate at, towards the end of June there. Time for Kratom in the headlines. I have two news bits for you. One, in April, Entrepreneur Magazine reported that a man was suing Botanic Tonics, maker of those blue-bottled feel-free drinks, for allegedly causing him relapse on booze after seven years of sobriety. The lawsuit states within three months he was drinking 10 feel-free tonics a day and spending $3,000 a month on the drink. Part of the claim is that the maker in 7-Eleven where he bought the feel freeze, downplayed or hid that the drink had Kratom. So I'm not a big fan of someone blaming a relapse on anyone but themselves. We have to take self-responsibility. But I agree there's deceptive marketing going on here with this product. My first experience with feel free was during my first week trying to quit Kratom. I went to the vape shop after five to six days clean and asked if he had something that didn't have Kratom in it because I was trying to stay off of it. The owner suggested feel free, saying it only had kava in it and was an alternative. A couple days later, when I looked closer, I saw there was Kratom listed on the ingredient list, echoing the claims in the lawsuit. Another time, I went to another smoke shop and asked the same question out of curiosity. The worker suggested the same product, but I pointed out to him the ingredient list on the back. He was surprised, and I believed him. He told me that the supplier told them it was only a kava drink. In related news, several outlets reported that on May 2nd, 2023, the Northern District of Oklahoma stated that the U.S. Marshals and the FDA and their investigative team seized over 3 million worth of products containing Kratom from the makers of Feel Free. Based on that report, dietary supplements and bulk dietary ingredients were taken including more than 1,000 kilograms of bulk kratom. At present, there's not much more to share on this reporting about the seizure. As these headlines demonstrate, in general, I believe it shows that kratom needs to be more closely regulated. I'm in favor of curbing the sales of extract shots in particular, and there should be more explicit warning labels about the risk of kratom, at least. I am skeptical about banning Kratom because then it will just be sold underground, compromising its safety both for responsible Kratom users as well as Kratom addicts who haven't found recovery yet. Now for the resources of the week. First, I discover there's actually a quitting feel-free subreddit now. So if you have a specific challenge with getting hooked on these blue bottles, don't fret. 
you're not alone, and there's a space to join other quitters in the same boat as you. Second, as Elliot mentioned, there's a quitting Kratom subreddit, sort of the granddaddy of them all. And I'm going to link specifically to their supplement guide to give you more information so you can follow up on some of the this week's guest suggestions. Third, Elliot and I met on the Quitting Kratom Discord channel. The teens in my house, when they saw I had a Discord open on my computer, sort of made a snarky remark that it was cool because they use Discord too for gaming. I will put a link in the show notes so you can find your way to the Discord channel if you want. Last, I will share a link to a piece by Vice News about the dangers of Tia and Zaza, which appears to be unsurping Kratom and is now becoming known as the gas station heroin. Okay, that's a wrap for today. If you want, please leave a voice message at 313-437-7720 or send an email or audio file to kratomsobriety at gmail.com. If you have an anniversary to celebrate, I have a Kratom custom coin just for you. And if, Or if you want to just share something for a future episode, please be in touch. You can also find us at Kratom Sobriety on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next week, keep it Kratom free. Mm-hmm.